I'm Jim Minns, and you are listening to Minimal. My guest this week is writer, actor, producer, comedian, Dan Illick. Dan, the man Illick, thank you for joining me. Welcome to Minimal, episode one. Uh, Jim, uh, episode one, it's great to be here. I love how uh, it's minimal and your name is Jim Minns. It's, it's a great pun. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm really bullish on this brand. I think minimal is going to go maximum. Let's find out. Let's find out. We're, we're, hitting, we're hitting it out of the gate guest number one, mate. That's for sure. Yeah. Couldn't um, you get someone more famous, you know, like your brother? Mate, I, what level of fame are we talking here? That's, what I'm, that's the difference. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I wanted to thank you, mate, um, uh, because I thought it was quite fitting that we had you on um, as guest number one because the, the purpose of this show when I was pitching it to Stocks is um, me having chats to people that I don't really know that too, that well and interesting folk, you know, as if the audience is just chiming into a um, chiming into a television. just walked in, stumbled in on a phone conversation <laughs> right know. right right so it's 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 more it's it's more you know um like i wanted it to be laissez-faire laid back right you know what i mean less well, I, i'm in a relaxing seating position i got my legs crossed uh, that was gonna be my next question gonna... can you please <laughs> assume the position for this level of uh performance yeah yeah we're gonna do well I do have a stand desk, so when I do more high energy podcasts, I do yeah, stand no. up. This is this is a low energy, relaxed vibe. So I'm sitting. Wrong show. Wrong, Wrong show. show. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly it's right. It's not a rational fear, mate. What do you think? What do you think I'm doing, mate? Exactly. No, no, no. Let's let's bring the let's bring the fear notch down to twelve or or you know seventeen decibels. Um, <laughs> I wanted to start off. Uh, it was really interesting because you know, uh, I, a long time ago. You and I um, crossed paths, and it was in, a, in less than favorable circumstances from my point of view. And this is kind of like this show is kind of like also my atonement tour, if you know what I mean. Jim, are you are you running around telling people you're sorry for stuff? Is it, <laughs> Jim, are you, is this? Am I being? Am I feel like I'm being used for cheap therapy? Am I, I don't know. A, am I going to get 150 dollars out of this? And do we see? Do I say see you next week? Same I don't know week? yet. I don't know yet. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. Long time ago, and I had this. I don't know what it was. I had this strange inferiority complex. Jim, sorry. Before that, you before we continue, you, you do sound a little hot. I don't know if you want to pull your level down. No, it's probably me. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with a seasoned expert here. Uh, only, only because like you'll get Hang so on, upset one, with two, yourself one, two. if you start yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If you. Yeah. No. Well, I'm not going to edit this either. This is all going out as is. <laughs> well, a hand. Just go a hand, a hand, a hand space away from your mic, and you'll be good. What about now? What about now? You sound pretty good now. Yeah. Okay. So, I reckon. What year are we in now? 2021. Mm-hmm. So I reckon around about 2009. 2008 I was I was working at do you remember remember the the company Popcorn Taxi Popcorn Taxi uh, it was Sydney? a let me just rack my brain it was something to do with cinema in Australia it was like at at, at the Valhalla in Glebe was it so that was the early iteration right right, right. it was a, a cinema night right an Australian cinema sort night of, sort of yeah 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 so along after I started working at Triple M about 5 years before that Mm-hmm. I was the carding boy for Triple M and Today FM, and I put all the all the ads to air. And I had this strange, you know, I was always like, you know, okay, I'm 21 now, I'll be the carding boy, and then eventually when I'm ready to step up, I'll step up, right? Mm-hmm. Never, never eventuated. <laughs> Started working at Popcorn Taxi, and mm-hmm. time's marching on, 
and I thought, okay, I'm working, working in film, you know, okay, this is great. Um, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do this for a little bit, get a taste, and then I'll work my way up, right? Had this heart had this didn't really like the people I was working with, particularly my boss, who is it was a lovely guy, but he actually has since passed. But um, uh, you know, I was just like, okay, I'm being held back, you know. <laughs> I was I was horrible inferior. I think I was like 24, 23, right? Long time ago. <laughs> horrible inferiority complex. Started watching a lot of daily show. This is not about me, me, me. We're going to get to you. Don't worry. No, no, no. I want to hear your daily show talk. I've, We're I've, watching I've... a lot of daily show, watching a lot of the New York American comics coming through Australian TV. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Started thinking I had an opinion <laughs> on some of the Australian takes on this type of comedy. Sure. Right? Mm. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You started popping up on a lot of things. Yeah. And me, with my inferiority complex, was like, "This isn't this isn't working for me. <laughs> this isn't this isn't this isn't work. Like this this guy, I need to cut this guy a peg down or two." Yeah, sure, yeah. So I jump online, mm-hmm. go for it, go to town. Horrible, horrible. Can't even remember what I to tell you the truth. I can't remember it, but I do remember writing, "I hate Dan Illick." <laughs> I got to write that, and I put that up on Twitter. Twenty-three-year-old, twenty-four-year-old Jim yeah. Minns. It's probably still up there. Publish. I don't want to know. I don't want to find it. I'm sure you're <laughs> going to find it right now. Publish. My life goes on. You don't even whatever. You know. I think you popped up in start. You started popping up in more and more stuff, and I'm like, yeah, that'd be right. That's the guy that I've got pegged. Of course, he's going to show up in more stuff. This is just punishment for me. This is my TV punishing me for whatever. <laughs> Eventually, you're doing a skit or something where you're reading mean tweets. Dig them out. I've moved on. Years have passed. <laughs> I've made a feature film. Yeah. You've dug these tweets up and I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Long story short, you were lovely, gracious, took it in your stride, actually invited me on ABC Radio which you were hosting at the time. Oh, right. Yeah, okay. I don't know if you remember that. No. My, gra- I- my grandma rang me up and was just like, oh, I just heard you on ABC Radio. Like, it was just, it was, I'd eventually, I'd made Hang it. On. You know. So, refresh my memory. So, I was, I was hosting something on 702 ABC Sydney. Yeah. And I was doing a segment about mean tweets. And then I got, I just. No, 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 no. I think you were doing something else. Like, I think you were on a Channel 10 show or something. And you were doing something about mean tweets. And oh, right. Like, yeah, oh, I was doing wow, a can I found, of- I found. Maybe can of worms was can that of worms, it? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I found this treasure trove. This fucking asshole has really gone to town on me. Let's <laughs> fuck this guy up. And I'm like, I and I, I was I, like, I oh I said shit. No, no, no. I'm sure this was, you know, subjectively in the background. And I'm like, mm. shit. I don't want to be involved in this anymore. Fuck. I've let that go. Fuck. And anyway, and you were really gracious. And then, same time period. I'll wrap this up now. I swear to God, you're in a play, and I mm. went to see it with my girlfriend now wife. <laughs> it's some alleyway thing and you were fucking fantastic and like oh, i was thanks. like man this guy i had personified all my i i'm better than this guy how come he's getting all this you know and i'm like so misplaced and i just realized i was just really out of my depth uh, <laughs> i've Jim. never had the chance to relay this message to you actually and then you were in one of my films yeah cuz you asked me and i was like yeah i'll, I'll yeah man Make a feature film. I'm a legend. I'll, I'll go be in a. I'll go be in some guy's feature film. 
Point is, I've never relayed this story. This story was meant to come before that stuff. Never did. This is the universe correcting itself. <laughs> right. I kind of, I mean, I, I do remember reading mean tweets from you because um, I remember where I was. I was in my old house in Balmain and I, and I saw these mean tweets. I'm like, what's this guy complaining about me for? I'm just trying to make it, you know? Yeah, I'm just yeah, trying yeah. to, I'm just trying to get a toehold in this world and be funny and, you know, try to be a smart what ass. I was. See what, like yeah. you, Jim, I also have a chip in my shoulder about people who have opportunities in the, in the media landscape. I was going to ask who actually can, is there any, who actually can, I don't can, think are very good. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, can you please give an example of where you have done the same thing, so I can still can I, I can go to sleep better at night after Look, all these years? Quite, I'm I'm less into it now because I'm kind of older now and. I'm quite happy where I'm at. Um, but still, the elusive show on, on an Australian network TV uh, eludes me, which is kind of the kind of the aim, aim for me for a long time. So I did, I, did, I, did, I did Hungry Beast, and that kind of was great. Um, but before Hungry Beast, I, did, I was directing um, uh, The Mansion on the Comedy Channel, which was Charlie Pickering and Michael Chamberlain. And then before that, I was, I was on the Ronnie John's Half Hour on Channel 10. And then... I also had a job right before that as uh, as an associate producer for Funniest Home Videos. And oh, wow. all, all, throughout, all throughout that period, I was also trying to hustle and make my own little films and make ad campaigns. And I'd, I'd made some of Get Up's funniest stuff from, uh, I would say, 2008 to 20, 2012, I would say. Yeah. No, we've got a mutual friend there, Sam McLean. Has he worked oh, yeah, for Sam. Bill Shorten's office? I was working for Bill Shorten's office. Yes, yes, time. yes. I love Sam. Mm. Sam, Sam's yeah, a hero of mine. Um, yeah. And so I was, I was, you know, hustling and trying to do all this good stuff as well as the commercial stuff, as well as trying to trying to make it and make get a foothold in Australian media so I could get another opportunity to kind yeah. of do something like The Daily Show or The Colbert Report because yeah. that's what I loved. I loved those shows. I was in love with those shows, enamoured with those shows, and all I wanted to do was do that. And so I never really kind of... I never, never really had that opportunity except for opportunities I've made myself. So by by making parodies online that got me jobs at doing, you know, get up campaigns, by by making sketches online that kind of um, uh, allowed me to uh, flex my chops as a director for, for a comedy central uh, comedy channel show for Charlie and Michael. And then yeah. and then I got Hungry Beast from from hustling and 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 you know being really good in the room. Um, yeah. And that was an absolute gift. Um, it took my game up another level. At that same time, I had, I was the project was just starting, and I was auditioning. Oh, yeah. I was auditioning for, for the pro. I did. So I had meetings with the producer. This is something I haven't really told anyone. Um, I had meetings with Paul Horan, who was putting the show together, and Craig Campbell. And uh, I was really trying to get on air because all I wanted to do was present on air and do on air stuff and create work on air because that's how I see myself but lots of people don't see me as that lots of people see me as the guy to shoot and produce and direct and that's fine um, but I don't see myself as that I see myself I, I do those jobs as a means to be able to do stuff on air and when we were putting the when they're putting the project together I was trying to explain that I, I had all this other stuff all this funny satirical stuff that I'd made I was like, look, I made this. Look, I'm in this. I made this. What I want to do is I want to do this stuff, but on your show. And they weren't really interested in that. They were going to offer me a job as a, as a director on the project. And that was would have been fine, would have been like a shit ton of money. And I got that job off uh, um, about a week after I auditioned for Project Next, which was 
previous to Hungry Beast, the previous name of Hungry Beast. And I, I got that job offer and I, I emailed Sapruta's other films, who were the producers of Project Next, and I said, look, I have been offered a job at the project. Um, when do you think you'll know um, mm. if I've got Project Next? Because I'd rather do Project Next... Because you were guaranteed on air, right? Guaranteed space. Well, yeah, that was the opportunity, yeah, to to be on air. Um, And uh, I sent an email and then half an hour later I got a call from Andrew Denton and I I was walking down Johnson Street in Fitzroy. Were you living in Melbourne, were you? I was living in Melbourne at the time, yep. And I I, I quickly ducked into a furniture store and it was... uh, G'day, g'day, Dan, it's uh, Andrew Denton here. And I said, oh, Andrew, how are you? He's like, very well. Now, congratulations. I said, what? I understand the project's offered you a job. (laughs) He's calling his laugh. And I said, "Uh, yes, they have, Andrew. He said, well, don't take it. I said, you beauty. (laughs) And that was a real special moment for me because that was for the first time, even though I'd done all these other jobs, you know, I'd, I'd I'd directed, I'd produced, I'd been hustling to make these things. I was on a sketch comedy show um, with my uni mates, but even they didn't really value me as a as a comedian or a, or an actor or a performer. Um, yeah, I I was quite maligned at all those jobs because that's where I didn't fit. And for the first time in my career, that at that point, that was I was I was old and I was late in my twenties. You know, I was twenty seven, twenty eight. Um, and I got that phone call and that made me feel extremely valued. Like all mm. of a sudden, all that shit that I was doing made sense up to get to this point. Yeah. And that, that, would, that would be the break for me. And it was great for a few years. And so I, w- I had a really good run from about 2009 to about 2013. Yeah. Um, and then I was how running. The show go? Is that how long the show went for? No, it went for three seasons. So it wrapped up in 2010, 2011, and then Can of Worms started, and we did three seasons of that. So we did I Can of Worms to, from 2011 to 2012. Um, mm. And then I wanted to do, like, I was I was ready to get on to the next thing. I really wanted to do, like, a, an Australian version of The Daily Show because back then well, it didn't is, exist. You went overseas, right, though, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I, I made Irrational Fear in 2012. Uh-huh. Um, that was the first time we put it up on stage. And. I went for the whole minimal viable product kind of format. I'm like, well, I don't have an access to a TV network, but I do have access to a radio station because at that point I was volunteering for FBI for years. And I went to the program director and I said, hey, how about we do a live satirical comedy show from the FBI social in King's Cross? And she was like, right, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it monthly. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and so we did it. We had this room at FBI. We had this this room in a pub uh, in Kings Cross called the FBI Social, which which could do live streaming to the radio, and it was great. So we put on our first show in 2012, and um, from that point on, we did like monthly shows. We had great comedians on. We had great guests, and it was just a phenomenal sound because you you were listening in the car, and you might hear it, and you'd be like, "Oh, this this is this is live now." And then people would turn up halfway through the show. So we'd start off with a, with a show full of 100 people and then it, by the end of the night it would be like 130 people in the room because people would hear it on the radio. And it was yeah. just this phenomenal kind of moment in, in comedy, um, I think, in Sydney. And it was really cool to be a part of. And from there we kind of we got a season on Radio National for a similar sort of thing but it was pre-recorded. So it didn't kind of have the same sort of vibe. And then we yeah. we'd performed at the Opera House a few times. And then yeah, I pitched it to the networks. I, I started pitching to Comedy Channel in f- for one in particular, and that got all the way to like 
all the way like to the top heads of Comedy Channel. And we went in really? for a, what, like a meeting with um, Graham Burrell and somebody else I can't remember the name of at the time. And it was like our third time in at Foxtel, uh, our third big meeting at Foxtel talking about this show again. And it was meant to be a half-hour meeting and it ended up being 90 minutes. And at the end, he just kind of sat back and went, this is really good. But I'll be honest, we've spent all of our money for the next couple of years on comedy. And they'd just commissioned Open Slather, like a sketch comedy show. And the Open Slather cost them $30 million. Okay. Like it was the most expensive sketch comedy show ever commissioned in Australia with huge stars. Why have I never heard of it? Because large parts of it weren't very good. And uh-huh. and it had a very had a very messy writing team that never cracked it. Um, oh, and, look and at the names. Of, you got Glenn Robbins, Magda Zubansky. Is that what we're talking here? Yeah, yeah. Glenn Robbins, Magda oh, Zubansky. Um, all kind of the old hands of sketch comedy. Yeah, the return. And, gotcha. and they got... They got huge feeds, but all the other cast members really didn't. And there's a lot of young cast members on there who were really awesome who were kind of buried in this show. People like Laura Hughes and Dave Eastgate and folks like that. Um, so mm. so that, that kind of sucked up everything. And I was so embarrassed that I didn't get it up. In hindsight, I wish I wasn't embarrassed. I wish I just kind of started pitching again. But at that point, I... Oh, that, that knocked you out. You were that done. knocked me out. I, was, I put so much energy and effort into it. I was so embarrassed and... Mm. I left Australia and worked at Al Jazeera. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was right. like, I was like, fuck this. Like, I've, I've I've busted my gut making this thing, and I'm out. Yeah. And then so then I had some asshole tweeting at me. So fuck you, Australia. <laughs> yeah, and I like I, I don't well, Jim. I didn't I didn't mind that. That was fine. Somehow I didn't mind. <laughs> I, I remember it, but I don't remember being hurt by it. I think I reached out to you like, hey, buddy. Like, what's you know, your I'm problem? Ju- I'm, ju- I'm, ju- I'm just like hustling here. I'm not like some fucking rich guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a fucking comedian Mate, trying to make a living. As I explained, you know, like... my inferiority complex took over and you were the victim of it all. I'm sorry. Like, I'm hey, sorry, but I'm a little wiser now. I just want know. to say, hey, Jim, I work really hard, man. Like, it's like, I don't... Doesn't I don't... matter, mate. Doesn't matter. Not in my books. You're copping it. You are copping it. Yeah. Anyway, that's amazing. So I... um, There was another show, though, you were working... I think you had some sort of deal with Fairfax. You were doing heaps of Fairfax stuff back in the day. I remember oh, that... you jump on the Sydney Morning Herald, bang, you're up. This is all yeah, the time. look, that was hustling because I, I, I left Ronnie John's. Ronnie John's finished up and then I got a job as an editor at Fairfax. And... Oh. Um, so I was editing like fitness videos for Fairfax when they did okay. all sorts of weird content and news. I was a video journalist for a while, so I was running around doing stories, which was great. Mm. Um, and then I kind of convinced them to do sketches every now and then. So satire, because it, it clicked really, like the numbers were really great. And mm. so I did Alan Jones a few times for them when I was yeah. a kid. Um, I made, this is where I made the first videos for Axis of Awesome, um, which was Jordan Rascopoulos, Benny Davis and Lee Namo. And we made we made like the first couple of kind of satirical sketches of Kevin Rudd and John Howard rapping, doing rap battles mm. with each other. And that was really funny and they kind of blew up and they were uh, really dominant on the homepage for SMH at the time and did huge numbers for them. Um, yeah. And so that was really, you know, that was really cool. Like they gave me like 6,000 bucks to go make a... <laughs> make a sketch and I'd go yeah. and get my friends and go make a sketch. And that was, that's awesome. that was so fun. And, um, I really love that, you know, being able to share the platform with people who I know because I was in at Fairfax. Um, yes, yeah, so that was, uh, yeah, that was really, that was a really special time. That was like me learning a lot about production and making stuff and, you know, just trying to, you know, uh, 
you know, break in really. I was, I was always hoping that something I did in that space would be able to leverage to a digital, to a TV space. But, you know, it's really hard. Nothing really did. Yeah. Did you ever know, um, who's the, the snapper there? Uh, Andrew, what's his name? He was the head of the press gallery for, in Canberra for a while. Ellinghausen? Mears. No, no, Mears. Oh, not, oh not Mears, Alex. yes. Mears. Andrew Mears. Yeah, I knew, I, knew, I knew Mears. I ran into him quite a bit. Yeah, so I became friends with a few of those folks. Uh, Mears, yeah. Kate Garrity, um, yeah, uh, Brendan Esposito. Well, yeah. Well, the reason I bring it up is because Mears became Bill Shorten's official photographer when right. I was working for Bill in the last couple of campaigns. And he just said, back in the day, Fairfax was the Wild West and you could grab a camera and film shit. And it would be up on the front page that afternoon. Yeah. And he started a whole series with Annabelle Crabb because he's just like, we're, we're bored. Let's get to work. That launched her, and that launched her career. That, that, was, that was it. That was Mirzi. Mirzi started that. Yeah. 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 So I remember, I remember him coming in to do those, to do those records on the green screen at, yeah, at Fairfax. Right-o. Back when Fairfax yeah. was, it, was where the Commonwealth Bank is now um, in, in Darling Harbour. Yeah. You ever watch any of those videos now? They're long gone. They're like you know, the Fairfax CMS is like a you piece can of dig, shit. You can dig them up on YouTube. It's fun. <laughs> Have it's you digged funny. up the old Annabelle Krabs? I've videos? seen a few. It's a bit like the problem is her like... hair. There was always an issue with her hair in the green screen. We couldn't we never <laughs> quite get that right. Yeah. So, can you tell me more about Al Jazeera? So, after you went, left Australia, that's when I knew you. We got to know each other, and you took off and did Al Jazeera, but. Are you allowed to talk about it? Didn't something happen? Were you? Oh yeah, I mean, it. Did. I mean, I had a great, I had a great uh, time in Al Jazeera. Yeah, you were doing heaps of stuff. Twenty fifteen, yeah. it was great. And then um, I was on the hustle because I, I thought I'd kind of failed in Australia, so I was on the hustle to get an agent in America and then get represented and then kind of get on were something bigger. In were you living in America? Yeah, I was living in San Francisco. Um, okay. So I went to LA, found, got an agent, the same agent that Ronnie Chang had <laughs> at the time, oh, yeah. which is great. I think he's still with, with, with Max. And then I kind of went back to San Francisco and he they sent me some details about the Daily Show auditioning yeah. because they yeah. completely rolled their cast. And I was like, holy shit, this is it. Like I'm, I'm in the right place at the right time, um, but I did the wrong thing at the wrong time. And I used the Al Jazeera green screen to record the auditions for the daily show and uh during in work time which is you know it's it, it took like 15 minutes but you know whatever someone in qatar heard about it someone in san francisco complained that i did that to someone in qatar and someone in Why? qatar fired me oh no I, I think it was a lot of things because i think already their noses were out of joint that this is white guy from australia in in working out of zero doing comedy doing satire okay. <laughs> and right. maybe yeah, yeah. maybe it could should be so maybe somebody else there should should have the job um, but I think I had enemies there. Um, so I was kind of, this is kind of what happens at Al Jazeera all the time. And you kind of get knifed from someone from the inside. So anyway, I, I got fired from, I got fired from Al Jazeera for using the green screen. And so I was kind of, uh, I was kind of lost. Uh, I didn't have, I was kind of, I had to, I had to come back home because I didn't have that much money saved. I, I didn't have a, a, a visa to stay in America. My visa was a media visa. Uh-huh. Um, and did you, were you, did you have the gig before you left or did you get yeah, there? Yeah. So I got the, I got the gig before I left. I got the gig and I, I, I traveled through America. I'd met with the bosses there. Um, and I showed them some of the stuff we did for rational fear, which at the time was really funny kind of stuff, really funny cutting edge stuff. We just finished our digital season for rational fear. So we raised $200,000 for the 2014 election and we, we spent it all on content and put it all online. 
and it's yeah. really some really funny high. And I donated to that campaign. Oh, You're thank welcome. you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need atonement. You already did that. That's fine. Oh, well, there you go. Actually, that's right. That was my atonement. I'm not talking about. Your hundred yeah. bucks paid for some really funny stuff. <laughs> yeah, Sam well, McLean was a Sam McLean gave a thousand dollars. His thousand oh. dollars paid for a lot of stuff. Which is what's great. he atoning for? That's the real question. <laughs> yeah. um, so we had this great bit of content, and like the the boss of Al Jazeera, AJ Plus in America, he was. AJ Plus, that yeah, was it. That's the name of the place. The Is boss still of AJ Plus, yeah, still still going. It's based out of DC now. They they cut the budget significantly and moved everyone yeah, to right. Washington DC. Um, okay. But the boss, uh, Michael Shaguri, he's uh, Syrian, and he's like, okay, dude, how do you make Israel and Palestine funny? And I'm like, oh well, we did make this sketch for Rational Fear, and it was. Um, it was me vox popping kids at Splendid in the Grass about what their solutions would be for Israel and Palestine. <laughs> and it just showed up the ignorance of young people in Australia who were off their face. And he's like, that is the, fu-. he's like, that is really funny. You've got the job. <laughs> That's awesome. So then I That's came so home good. for a couple of months and then I got the job and moved to San Francisco, which was incredible. And for the six months I was there, it was great. And then I came home again for another six yeah. months um, after I lost my job. Um, yeah, my bosses were devastated in 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 DC, in San Francisco. They couldn't believe it. Um, I had an Australian boss there too who couldn't save me um, because the well, English... they were devastated that Qatar was just like hey, oh, we're going over their heads. Pool, yeah, right? yeah. So very strange. Yeah, right. Very so strange. it's funny how that it was like that level of a decision. Like it wasn't at a localized level. No, no, know. yeah, no. It was I was a continental shift. It was a continental shift. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. funny. That's really because what are they? I mean, like. I don't understand how it's a sackable offence unless, I mean, I'm sure it is written in a contract somewhere, in your employment contract, you know, don't use employee equipment. But it's like, maybe they just, oh, like you said, they were probably just looking for a reason. I mean, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I want to know what the process was like auditioning for The Daily Show. I'm kind of trying to look for a segue there. I want to get to that. Well, it's just a, car, it's just a casting, just a self-tape like anyone else. But like, there would have been... So who, well, why is that? Couldn't, couldn't you just lie and go, man, I did it in my hotel. What the, I have a great green screen. I just pulled us like this. I pulled no, because I, I needed someone to help me. So I had a producer help me use the green okay. screen and shoot it. You know, so... No, it's it's you know it's it's real pain. Like that's over. That's done now. Uh, I would never yeah, do it enough. again. Um, I, self tapes, I understand, are just such a waste of time. Um, you just got to do them fast and dirty. Mate, um, what do you reckon about the Daily Show now, though? Anyway, like just imagine you got the gig. It's yeah. not the show that it was. Uh, yeah, I think it's a different show. I reckon there's some really good stuff in there. I think Ronnie and Roy Wood Jr. do some great work. And I think um, Jordan Klepper does some great work. And I think there's, yeah, there's some good stuff that happens on that show. Um, I love, I mean, I love, I love uh, Sam B as well. I think Sam B is a terrific show. Um, I feel, it feels like, it feels like those shows are kind of getting tired, like, um, and, and a little bit, um, I don't know. I think the more partisan you go, the harder it is to kind of have authority. Um, so, but you have to be partisan in order. You don't actually have to be partisan. You can be anti-authoritarian. And I think being anti-authoritarian is is the fun place to be. Um, so whoever's in power, as long as you're, you know, being, I think, anti-authoritarian, that's where the jokes lie. I mean, that's fair enough. I, I, I was a big apostle of um, the Seth, what's his name? Seth. Seth uh, Myers. Seth Myers is yeah. uh, a, a closer look. Those fifteen-minute uploads he would do 
Wait, weekly, daily? Oh, yeah, that was daily. I think they were. I think they were weekly. I don't. I don't think you could were sustain them daily. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, the uh, during the Trump, uh, everything Trump for the four years, mm. I was always on a closer look, and then I jumped ship election day because I'm like, great. <laughs> I think a lot of people did that. I think I went through my uh, my podcast and unsubscribed to pretty much <laughs> anything I didn't need to listen to. <laughs> exactly. Job done. Well done. And this is what goes to what you're saying. The format, if you're anti-authoritarian, is fantastic. I got a lot of kicks out of it. And I yeah. felt like my laughs were doing a lot of good. Uh, well, actually, probably the comedy was more likely doing a lot of good. But once it's done, once he's out... I mean, what, how, you know, just say you're doing the Daily Show during World War Two, and you know, yeah, Hiroshima's happened. I think we're done with jokes. Can we well, have a break? I, I don't, I don't know. World War Two is different. You've got um, Stalin to worry about. Um, you've got um, genocide continues. So, you know, you've, there's other, right there's other, there's other people to complain about. Uh, there's the Spanish yeah, but flu. Can we have a reprieve? <laughs> Let's have a reprieve. I'm just saying, can we have a comedic reprieve? I Look, I th- also, I think like in Australia, I, I know where you're. Where I know, Jim. Where you tie your flag, t- your your flag is posted, or your flag is well, that's your, what you your colours you to the mast. You assume, <laughs> but you like assume. if if you know if Labor gets in, I think there's going to be so many jokes about Labor to make. I don't think I don't think there's going to be I don't think there's going to be a shortage good. of comedy. <laughs> I, the best joke, the best Labor jokes, um, no, no one's privy to except those inside the party. Yeah, because right. we've got to wait till they get in power before you actually make them public. Oh my god, yeah. Well, only I, because I mean, you know, if they were to become public now, it just maintains the uh, the status quo. Yeah, 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 yeah. It maintains the opposition network. You know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I look. I, that's what, that's what I believe. I think. Um, I think if you're anti-authoritarian, you you're in a good spot. You're in a good space. Totally. But and I would. So- and and I, rational fear hasn't been in a place where a Labor government has been in for a very long time. So people may assume the rational fear is. Is yeah, there, yeah, 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 is yeah. there to promote labour? We are not. We're not friendly Geordies. I wanted to talk to you about irrational fear because I listened to your behind the um, podcast interview with Stocks. Oh yeah, Anthony Stockdale, and um, you know, like, so you're when you came back to Australia, obviously you've done all this, and like you haven't. St- how long have you been working in the in the area for? I mean, this is we're talking. Over twenty years, like, what are you doing? Oh, I um, I I started doing satire and in, inside Ronnie John's probably two thousand and five. That's when I kind of had a, like an aha moment, and I was like, "This is really awesome." I got to. That's crazy, this. mate. Yeah. So, but we and you've gone so far with it, but rational fear is obviously your baby. You're like, this is where, I, like, so you've gone back to old property, right? Like it was twenty twelve. You've you've put the brakes on it. You've moved over to AJ Plus. Gave it a shot. Yeah. Something's made you go, no, 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 no. That's that's the crown that I need to keep up high, right? Rational fear is me going back, let's build that up, that's the brand. Yeah, well, that, it's, that's kind of it, yeah. It was one of those things where, um, yeah, t- 2014, I pissed off to the States, 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, I was in America, came back, started 2018, worked on Tonightly, uh, which was extremely hard work. You, you were directing that? I was directing it, and then um, halfway through the next season, I became the executive producer and showrunner. So oh, wow. okay. I, I kind of became the boss of Tonightly. All of a sudden, yeah. I went from um, directing a sketch a week to running a team of 44 people. And sure. we, we ran that for a year, um, and that was very exhausting. Um, and then after that, I was like, well, what what kind of do I do now? And I thought, and I, I thought, well, I should just keep doing Irrational Fear until something pops up because... 
people really liked it when it was happening. Um, it took me a lot. It takes a lot of energy, Jim, to kind of get yourself going on your own project again because there's no one telling you to do it. You're your own boss. You've got to hustle and be the entrepreneur. You've got to find the resources and time to do it. You've got to find the capacity to do it. Um, mm -hmm. And so I started doing it again and started making little sketches online again. And then a uh, great opportunity happened. Um, a couple of opportunities happened for me in a row. Uh, we were touring Irrational Fear, which is great. We did Climate Week in Brisbane to like 500 people at the Powerhouse. Uh, and then we did uh, the Adelaide Cabaret Festival with Irrational Fear. We took it to Canberra uh, and we, we were booked in to do Melbourne. I don't think we ended up doing Melbourne that year. Um, but we started touring again, and that was really fun. We kind of you know, shaking off the cobwebs to you know get the show back out again. Yeah. And then Lewis and I made the decision to try to do it weekly, and we started doing weekly before the pandemic. Um, and what that part of that decision was in 2019, I went to a a leadership conference in Kuala Lumpur. Um, for, with the Obama Foundation. And it really shook me up as to kind of figuring out where my power lay and how I can use my power to do good. And for I kind of always thought that Irrational Fear was a great brand to talk about climate change and talk about things in the news that people needed to, talk, needed to hear about that the news wasn't covering um, in a really funny and engaging way. And I just, I just came back after that and I was like, fuck yeah, I need to start Irrational Fear up again and make climate change a big part of that and keep driving keep driving that train and as a result one of the big things that happened over that period was the 2019-2020 bushfires I was sitting on the beach at Bondi pretty much in tears wondering in July in January looking at the ash coming up from the water just grief stricken at the smoke in the air and not knowing what to do because, Jim, like Scott Morrison, I can't hold a hose, mate. Um, yeah. But I can make comedy and make comedy videos. And I just come off this period with Tonightly with all these talented people who are out of a job. So I started texting people to see if they'd be interested in making a video to explain like how we got here um, politically, yeah. how we got to the point where climate change has been ignored for so long, ever since kind of every, every leader since Bob Hawke has basically been knifed over climate change. Mm. Um, and we told that story. I texted Kara Schlegel, who wrote it, and I said, would you be up for doing this explainer? She's like, yes. Um, uh, and I texted my friend Maria from Tonightly, and I said, would you be interested in making some graphics for this? Um, it's got to be really good. I'll find money for it. She's like, yes. I texted the editors. I texted the, the shooters. I texted Tim Minchin. I said, Tim, can you please avoid... Well, I'm going to make something about this moment. Can you please lend your voice to it? And he said, yes. And then I texted, then I made a little document sitting on the beach there, had a Google Doc <laughs> sitting on the beach yeah. with a brief synopsis and an outline of what I wanted to do. And I emailed so that. So this is all you on the beach. You're like, I'm getting to work now. Yeah, I was on the beach holding my phone, like writing, a doc, write, writing this Google Doc. Um, ash raining down on you. And you're <laughs> with like, ash lapping at my feet, yeah, Let's with smoke go. in the air. And I, I tweeted it to um, some prominent philanthropic people who follow me on Twitter. And mm. I said, I'm after a small budget for this. Can you chip in? Um, and uh, 
two of them said yes immediately and I kind of met my I only wanted 6000 to make it so I found $6000 to pay everyone which is great yeah awesome. um and I said that was great one of them chipped in a couple of days later and said yes I can pay and I said well it's okay I've got my money so I'll call on a favor for you later <laughs> stand by <laughs> so stand by mate, it's stand really by. funny mate like you know you talk about the longevity of your uh, just the history of your hustle and it's it's led to a situation where you can sit on a beach the apocalypse is happening, but you can call on funding and get people hired and get something together. Uh, yeah, I mean, I that's can... all. Th- that's 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 your longevity paying for that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and that's what I was thinking about. You know, when I went to this Obama Foundation leadership thing, and I'm like, right, f- I do, I do have power. I just don't know how to use it properly. So I'm just trying yeah. to find ways from that moment to use my power more effectively. And um, part of that is is you know, getting that money and making that thing. And we made this 12 minute video that explained the demise of Australian climate policy. (laughs) It was beautifully directed by Alex Gabbett, animated by Maria and written by Cara and Tim voiced it. And I produced it all. And, uh, and it went off. It did millions of views on Tim's Twitter. It did hundreds of thousands of views on YouTube. Uh, and it was this huge moment for, for me. I was like, aha, this is, this is really potent stuff. And then, Mm that's when we decided to get the podcast going weekly. Um, and then yeah. as part of that, uh, the pandemic happened and we had to stop that. <laughs> yeah, right. So we yeah. tried to figure out ways to do it again. And then I managed to get a fellowship with a, with a group called the Bertha Foundation. So all of last year... Oh, that's the um, the birth yeah Obama's birth certificate stuff. Uh, no, how's that going for you? Uh, really good, yeah. The Bertha Foundation is a foundation out of South Africa. Um, it's a, a it's a run run by a billionaire guy called Tony who made a whole bunch of money on uh, uh, pharmaceuticals in South Africa and now sponsors lawyers and activists and journalists who work in climate action. And Sweet. and so they've they've sponsored us for the last year. Are you kidding? That's awesome. It's amazing. So I well, I had a living wage. So to that's kind of running. Ma- so okay, that's running rational for you. That's so for the last year. That's what's been running rational for you. It's been. Uh, it's been so impactful and our, our listenership has just grown significantly. Well, we, we had over 150,000 listens last year and then um, our, our oh videos God. have hit over videos have hit over like a million and a million views in, in the last year alone, which is incredible. That's crazy. So, so this is it? <laughs> well, yeah, well, that money's run out now. So we'll see if it comes back. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. But I mean, uh, ra- you've the rational fear brand. I mean, like it, it's, it's, you know, it kicked all that ground even through a pandemic. I think you won an award, didn't you? Win some? Oh yeah, I've, I've got it right here. Award? Here it is, right here. I've got it right here. Here yeah. it is. Yeah, but that's only that. Like, it sounds good. So, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that you're not going to be like, okay, well, mission accomplished. Let's pull up stumps. You're, you're still going. Uh, yeah, look, totally. Yeah, well, I don't. I can't do anything else, Jim. And I really, I really think, I really think irrational fear can brings a lot to people's lives now, and it's such a really great opportunity to keep growing this audience and i want to get to the point where the patreon is enough to have a wage and also enough to make more things so yeah. uh, i want to pay my rent with the patreon and but i also want to make videos monthly i want to you know i want to do what friendly geordies is doing with to his like couple of hundred thousand dollars a year <laughs> um, yeah. worth of patreon money i would love to i would love to find a way to to make that so yeah but we you know i want to do it um in a way that doesn't uh, upset so many people. <laughs> well, how are you upset? What, what, what you're upsetting the coal lobby? I mean, who, who are you? Upsetting? Yeah, that's who I'm upsetting, and it's not quite not as lucrative to upset the coal lobby. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. But um, I was going to ask, 
also on that um, behind the podcast episode, you were talking about how you scope out the next gen. You're kind of like denting yourself and you're picking up the phone and looking for people on TikTok and that sort of stuff. Uh, yes, I'm looking on yeah. TikTok yeah, for the next. Here. I'm looking, falling. <laughs> G'day, you're doing a denting impression. And I've picked you to come on my podcast. Congratulations. <laughs> no need to thank me now. Um, are you, uh, is, there, is, is comedy any good at the moment? I don't know. Oh, there's so much, there's so much good stuff going on, and a lot of it is happening on those platforms because you know venues are shut down. So TikTok is a great mm. resource to find extremely funny people. And um, legacy, like you're the last of the legacy guys, right? Like one of them. <laughs> don't you reckon? Yeah, I reckon easily. You um, cracked legacy, and then the then the door shut. Yeah, like that's you it. were doing can of worms. I know, I was hustling. Of, what's that? What was it? Hungry bees. Hungry bees. Yeah. Can of firms. Yep. Can of firms. Can of worms. That was the lawsuit afterwards. You know, and then the window comes down. Yep. And that's there's, it. And there's, there's TikTok. That's it. There's, there's no more. There's no more space for anyone over under forty on on legacy media. It's done. You're done. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> and but now it, TikTok. And now TikTok. There's no space for anyone that's uh, over twenty five. So you know, <laughs> right. it's great to it's be in this. It's, it's, it's great it to be a geriatric millennial, as they call. We us. need. We need like a double J TikTok. <laughs> That you and I can go on. Yeah, it's called you know? Facebook. It's called oh, Instagram. It's called Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but the algorithm kills you. I need something that we can cut. We need some cut through. Yeah, you know? yeah. No, it, 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 it explains why, you know, I don't get asked to, to host a TV show because boomers don't know who I am, but Will Anderson, who's um, had a show for 15 years, people do know, and that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> or Charlie Pickering, who's had a show for ages, people do know. Is that so show still on? Is Charlie Pickering's show still on? The Weekly, yeah, Anderson yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, and it's, Are you uh, serious? There's a lot of good talent in that show, so... Um, I'm not I think, sure, yeah, well, I know you know a lot of people there, but far out, wow. I'm just amazed. Because I, I reckon if I switch on my TV now, it's like, it's almost like when I was slagging you off 12 years ago. <laughs> like, that's the that's what's going to be on, you know? Yeah, there's a, there hasn't been a lot of new faces on Australian TV. There's a handful of folks who've probably filtered through the feed and the project. Oh, um, the feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got, yeah, Humphreys came through. Yeah. Humphreys came through. Uh, Jan Fran has come through. Jan um, Fran, I know her, yeah. uh, Susie Youssef has kind I've of broke, broke out a little bit thanks to project which is great so there's a couple of faces that have kind of made their way through and the great thing mm. is those faces aren't as pale and stale and male as they they, they used to be so that's great news yeah no, there's but a certainly show on, ages yeah you go ahead mate yeah, oh yeah sorry. but certainly i was just going to say certainly on shows like on networks like seven and nine you kind of got similar faces and the faces haven't changed much at all but that's that's media you know once you have one of those jobs you don't give it up because it's yeah, you know, sure. well paid and it pays the mortgage and sends your kids to well of course uh, sends of your course. kids to joey's so they can get shots yeah well yeah i mean we all got to get vaxxed i mean i get it uh, the the i remember um uh, long after my um gripes and my uh uh, you know, inferiority complex dried up, and I managed to meet Firth, Charles, and those guys, and started working at um, their little offshoot. Um, uh, they, were, they were producing a show in the kind of the basement there, which was going for five minutes. On um, I think it was before ABC News. It was called the Roast. Night. Yeah, the Roast. And there were heaps of guys who came out of that, and I think. Um, yeah, Tom Humphreys Glass is one of them. Yeah, Mark Humphreys is one of them. Tom Glass was one of them. Nick Richardson, who went on a host good game, was one of them. Jazz Twemlow, who who's launching his Amazon Prime series, 
this oh, week. Fuck. That's all right. He's on it. Yeah. So he's launched. Um, he's launching the Moth Effect this week. Okay. I was going to say, um, yeah, they really kicked uh, on. Alex wow. Lee was on it. She's now hosting a show on ABC, like a quiz show wow. about the news. She was on it. Um, yeah. So yeah, a significant amount of talent was on that Jesus. show. Jesus. No, there was a guy who, I think he moved to Melbourne, who was on that show. He had, I think his name was Clark. His name is Clark Richards. Yeah. He, oh man, I love that guy. He was the nicest bloke in history. Yeah, totally lovely guy. Do you know? Yeah, I know Clark. Yeah, he's actually Mark Humphrey's best mate. Um, yeah, and yeah. he was the loveliest bloke. Seriously, I think he moved to Melbourne. He's a lovely bloke. He's an actor. He's he's been in very very small business and a bunch of other things. I think he's is been he in actor? Utopia as well. So like, is he? He's, oh shit! Okay. Yeah, he's had a he's had a good run acting. Yeah. He's, oh, he's I love well. it. Really, I didn't know that. I gotta I gotta see see it out. Seriously, because. So when we moved in, I think so. Charles and and a bunch of those guys started. I think Zanon and Piers and all those guys. I don't know what happened, but they had the roast, and then they started this offshoot, which wasn't that good, which I was a part of. And um, uh, but we would share offices, and those guys were just seriously the nicest guys I've ever met. I'm like, well, I thought we were rivals, and they were like, Rich Charles Clark Richards is just like, no, no, no. We're mates, you know, and he was just like such a gentleman. I remember he was so nice, so yeah, sweet. I mean, you got to remember the roast was a very low power, low stakes op- uh, operation. They were just trying to get a toehold um, and, a, and space. Yeah. And, and they were just trying to deliver a TV show, five minute TV show every day. And that was, you know, that's hard work. And it's, they're all hard young work, people yeah. trying to trying to make it. And it's hard. Like, it's really hard work. The pressure is huge the pay is terrible and yeah, no the pay. opportunity was small so they're just evan the williams evan williams as well yeah he's Evan's pretty he's pretty crazy smart that guy hey evan williams is great he's one of the best writers in the country mark he and i got to we made a sitcom for audible last year called riot act about the breaking bad of a conservative commentator yeah and, and i remember a, reading about that it was a yeah. really really funny show it was about a con- conservative commentator who starts a cronulla mem- riot memorial march which turns into <laughs> a riot uh and <laughs> didn't you also have um uh Tony Martin on that show? Yeah, Tony Martin played a, uh, a shock jock, like a, like a Stanza Manic, um, Ray Hadley yeah. character who dies in the first episode, but oh, okay. the, vo- the voice always kind of appears throughout the season. Um, so, yeah, he was he, that was awesome. Wendy Harmer was in it. Gretel Klein was in it. Um, F***ing hell. Uh, Heath, Heath Franklin was in it. Um, uh, lots of great lots of great Australian. Gretel, Gretel Lee Jackson was in it. Uh, Mark Fennell plays himself as uh, doing a podcast Mark about Mark Fennell. <laughs> I know Mark. I think Mark. I think I was shitting on Mark too back in the day. I yeah, got you probably, you probably were. Yeah, yeah. As well. We were young and I precocious, and you, we deserved it, so it's fine. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you're admitting it now. Um, yeah. Look. Wow. And it's crazy. All these guys have really kicked on, and um, uh, you know, I'm conscious of your time. I've really sucked it out of you here. But you know, what's next, mate? I mean, like you're working. You, you're doing. You're pushing irrational fear. You've got all these doors open. You've closed the door for everyone else on legacy media. What are you doing? <laughs> It's a really Where good. To? It's a really good question, Jim. I don't I honestly don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm doing a lot. But you of, love it. You love it, though. Yeah, this is. What, I mean, this is what I've been doing, and I'm I'm is good it? at it. I, at the moment, I'm I'm doing a lot of. Uh, I'm giving back. I'm doing a lot of time working at FBI, uh, on the board there. I'm running a, a comedy incubator there for a new breed of young smartasses who want to make comedy online and uh, comedy on on radio. So I've been running that workshop for them. Um, and just trying to, I don't know, just trying to figure out what to do next. It's, it's quite an uncertain time. I've got pitches in at networks and stuff for other okay. TV projects, not necessarily Irrational Fear. Uh, and got, um, 
we've got Riot acting at a few places, trying to get that up on TV. And yeah, just this is to, so Riot. You're going to uh, open it from the audio Audible series to a yeah. Well, it was, it, the design was that the design was that Audible basically allowed us to kind of work in kind of development for the TV show, and we kept uh-huh. we kept the IP and we made them a, a, a audio series. And so we. We've we've gone through development with Create New South Wales, so we've got a cracker pilot now. We've got um, a great synopsis and mini bible, and so we're just trying to find a home to to scale it up to be on TV because yeah, it's cool. it's really good. But considering what happened, <laughs> considering what happened this week with with anti lockdown riots, it's kind of like well, oh, yeah. there's nothing quite as ridiculous as people fighting for freedom who are fighting it, who are protesting ironically, who aren't protesting <laughs> ironically. That's going to cause ironically not caused any kind of freedom so yeah. so there's 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 kind of lots to kind of think about there but i don't know honestly i don't know jim i'm just trying to i'm just trying to make good stuff and leave behind good work good. you're doing good you're doing good do you still love um, you still living by that advice of people not to start podcasts <laughs> well that was a joke um that was a, that, <laughs> that, was, that was a comedy joke at the start of lockdown uh, did that backfire? I just felt like I don't know. It was funny. I liked it. it didn't back. I thought it was. Yeah, of course. See, see, that's it. See, see, people who thought it was funny thought it was really funny, and then people in the media can't aren't allowed to say it's funny. But the way they get to talk about it is going, "Is this funny? Is this okay?" <laughs> and then you, then you go, "No, it's not okay." Then every podcaster who's ever started a podcast goes, "No, more voices, the better." Yeah. <laughs> um, but then everybody, thought- everybody else goes, "That's really funny." If anything, yeah. we got a gif out of that of Deb Malman saying. Shut the f- up, and that gif is <laughs> priceless. And no, that was that was a funny skit. Oh, hang on, that was that show. That's what I didn't mean to talk about. That's what you were working together. on last year. Yeah, congratulations on that. Well done. That was a big hit for you, wasn't it? It was. Uh, it was really amazing. Um, I got asked to kind of uh, run it, and that was a real gift and a, and a pleasure. And we got to kind of create this magical show called At Home Alone mm. Together. And and there was quite a few names of people, like comedy celebrity type people, who were who are up for hosting it. And I said, you know, Ray Martin would be so funny. This would be so good <laughs> to have Ray Martin do this. <laughs> what perfect, perfect and casting. Ray thankfully did a Rational Fears uh, show about uh, about journalism and the, uh, uh, like, uh, about the uh, journalism and integrity in Australia uh, last year, or two years, but two years ago. So I knew him from that and he was so good to to take my call and he's like, yeah, I thought, you know, I, I kind of see myself as a Leslie Nielsen type person these days. I'm like, fantastic. Like, he loves comedy and he loves Leslie Nielsen. So he was just kind of like trying to, trying to channel Leslie Nielsen as much as possible and was just up for anything. And he was so generous. We filmed in his house. I've filmed in his house longer than John Safran has. Um, and it was <laughs> well, John Safran was just on the front lawn, wasn't he? That's oh, right. Was and it's the same house. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. I went, I went, and, I went back and watched the, the tape and I was like, wow, that's that house. He's been in that house for 30 years. That's incredible. Did you talk, did you talk to Ray about it? Yeah, I did. So I, I wanted, I had this idea for At Home Alone Together. I thought it would be great in the last episode. I thought, I thought, Ray, for this, this is the last episode. Would you be open if 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 we brought John up and you had a cup of tea at home with him, and and we had we kind of brought this reconciliation moment together. That it's you know people coming back together. It's a really nice moment. And he's like, no way, Dan. If I see if I see John Saffron, I'm going to wallop him. <laughs> 
<laughs> Come on, it's been 30 years, Ray. It wasn't. Oh, well, yeah, not quite 30 years. It was 30 years since we moved to the house, but yeah, it was it was a long time. Funny. And I think that would have been Ray, so good. Ray's still sore about it, and I think <laughs> I think that's fine. Ray is the nicest, generous, most generous bloke in Australian showbiz, and we're oh, so we're so lucky to work with him. Sure is. See, so your next suggestion wasn't the Paxtons. You weren't going to get them on um, Speed Dial. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think so. I think you know John's got the name recognition, and I think you know, <laughs> people have to think twice, have to think hard about who Shane Paxton was. I love, I love um, John Safran. He's, f-ing, I'm going to try and get him on this show as well. He's you should, best. yeah. No, he'd, he'd be up for it. I'm sure. He's he's f-ing awesome. Um, hey Dan, uh, I want to let you go because I've sucked up all your time. Hopefully, we can do this again in the studio. Sure. Um, yeah. But oh, last question: How are you going? We're in a we're in a Sydney lockdown, right in the middle of it. Are you all right? What's going on, mate? I this moments like this, doing a podcast like this, are the nice moments Sweet. of my day. Great. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, podcasting. I mean, the the uh, lockdown is so hard. Um, it's been a month. Um, my chair is really smelly. I just want to get out and kind of exercise and see people and do stuff. But totally, you know. Of course we can't. You know, it's it's it's, been, it's, it's so dumb. Um, the numbers keep going up, and that is dispiriting. Um, it mm. means that other people aren't doing lockdown like I'm doing lockdown. Um, yeah. But I have booked in for my AZ jab next week. So Are I'm, you doing it? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. I'm going. I'm going to get it next week. Yep. Good for so, you. I got it done. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Just, I'm keen. I got it. Got you're it. not. You're not like. You're not concerned about AZ. You're okay. No, I'm fine. I mean, I think I'm fine. Like, you know, I, don't, I don't turn 40 for quite a few more months. And so it's like I'm not eligible because for Because of it. shit. I'm 37 and I got AZ and I'm fine. Yeah. You look you look fine. You've got great hair. Mate, uh, mate it's AZ. It's not me. I'm telling you. <laughs> I woke up with this hair the day after. Uh, and I will say this. I will say I, I the day after, sore bones. Sure, yeah. Um, but uh, but no head cold. So it's like you got the cl- you got the flu without a head cold. Yeah, I'm up for like, that. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. This. Yeah, I'll, look, I'll, I'm into it. I'm give it give it to me. Give it to me now. Or give yeah, it to good, me on mate, Tuesday. I agree, mate. Give it to you now so we can get in the fucking studio and do this fucking properly. <laughs> We're not doing this it properly. We're not. Well, I know this is good, but it's, it's got to be. You know, this is you know this is my uh, this is my atonement slash answer to your don't start a podcast skit. <laughs> So the- <laughs> great! Oh, oh, I see. So this is this is you and you're rebelling, episode, you're rebelling you're against one. a sketch. <laughs> Jim, aboard. You, Jim, can I ask you something, mate? Ask what, away. Is, what is it about me that you hate so much? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a guy trying to make people laugh. I'm just mate. To- that's a that's a twelve year old question, which I can't answer now because that person's gone. That person's long gone. Um, no, nah, but no, I, I'm so happy that that's off my chest now and we can now move on and, um, and I can tip the hat to you and all the work you've done for media. And, um, and now you've contributed to this monstrosity, which may or may not last anything longer than a, an episode or two. But anyway, it's been great, mate. Thanks a well, lot. Well, can I tell you, uh, there are, uh, over a million podcasts on Apple podcasts, Jim. Yeah. But I know half, what you're going to say. But half of those only make it to episode two. That's crazy. So I've got 500,000 to compete with. <laughs> exactly. Mate, that's, I'm fine. That's exactly. Fine. And the more you do, the, the greater statistic that, that yeah. drops. So that's Would you ever do something like this? Would you ever just go, let's just chew the shit? Yeah. Like, would look, you ever just, like a settle shot? Like, like your own one. Would you ever just go oh, settle back and... 
I don't know. Do, uh, do you think there's value in me just calling out people and doing 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 one on one podcasts? I don't know. I don't know because it's like if you think of it as less like podcasts, more like oh, just having a chat, just record it. Well, you, you know, know everyone. Like you you rattling off names before that would make you know Ray Martin's jaw drop, and I'm sure it did. <laughs> You know who we had on the podcast in November for the US election? We had um, Francesca Fiorentini from AJ Plus. We had uh, Dave Anthony from The Dollop. And we had Anthony Scaramucci. <laughs> I know. That's and crazy. Only because he DM'd me and uh, after I made a joke about him coming on the podcast. He DM'd me like a year ago, a year and a half ago, going, if you want me on the podcast, let me know. <laughs> I'm like, that's okay. That's fucking so crazy. But, mate, that's what I'm talking about. So you could be a situation where Rational Fear is a month or a month and a half out from recording a live show. You've got to get all the production up. You can sit down there, power up, get Mooch on the Zoom and just go... Let's talk Trump. Tell let's, me what you know. What do we not know? Trump. What do we not know? Yeah, yeah. I could. I do. mean, like I, I worked for Jacinda Ardern for six weeks. Oh, incredible! How was that? It was f-ing amazing. Yeah. Right? And it was a situation where you knew something was up because everywhere we went, the crowds got bigger and bigger. Uh-huh. But her right. entourage and persona didn't change. There was no entourage. It was like two, maybe three New Zealand special police, me, some other bloke, and her. Yeah. And so we're going from town to town to town. And at first it's just like, you know, the, the RSL club or whatever, you know, a couple of old ladies, you know, do the bingo numbers and say a speech. Okay, good luck. See you later, everyone. By week three, it's, it's Beatlemania. Right. Like it was blowing up. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I'm getting some amazing stuff here. And I still, sh- I've still show my family some, the rushes of the mm. videos we shot. And it's like, sure. her, yeah. you know, can't send it out to the rest of the world. Um, but it's just like, that's what made me go, okay, I've met these people. I know them. I've got to sit down with them. I want to get yeah. them on tape. Get, get, them on the, get them on minimal. Get them on the f***ing minimal. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Mate, well, Jacinda, and if Jacinda Lewis. listens to this as an example, um, you're more than welcome to come on a rational fear, Jacinda. We'd come on a rational fear as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. She'll do it. I'll tell her. I'll tell her. Well, I'd love to have her during election time because it'd be great to get her thoughts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, what, we, have a, we have a... Um, we have a spin-off podcast, which I'd love to have it for. It's called The Greatest Moral Podcast of Our Generation. And about this. Yep. monthly we speak to climate leaders from all around the world um, who are doing work in, in climate action. And so she's one of the people on my list who I'd love to chat with. So, yeah, I'll drill down on, drill down on that with you later. Yeah, mate. Yeah, hit me up. I'll try and get your contact. Um, all right, cool. Dan Illick, uh, you're an icon of Australian media. Uh, <laughs> That's too the kind. The purveyor of... Oh, you are. I mean, when I was slagging you off, you were the upstart, and now you're the seasoned veteran. A Andrew Denton in your own right. Uh, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Big for me, and I really appreciate it. Oh, Jim, that's so nice. I, I would do anything for you. That's very, very kind of you, sir. And you have. You've done lots already. <laughs> And I can thank, continue to thank you for doing more and more and more. So thanks a lot. <laughs> See you, Jim.